Welcome back to Ravens Recap, where we got some money to spend on gifts to Trevor Lawrence, but not so much for postseason tickets to watch Ravens play. Unfortunately, the Ravens fell to the Steelers 16-13 to in overtime in what was a very damp game. Not torrential downpour, but damp. And, uh, and with me was Chris and Peter watching the game, also damp and wet. We weren't crying. It was just the elements. Oh, man. It was... <sighs> I was not expecting, I'll be honest, the Jaguars, t- for my bold prediction, to come true and the Jaguars to pull that off. Luckily, the Dolphins decided they really wanted to beat the Patriots, and we didn't need to see that three-game parlay hit uh, just to watch the Ravens be the only thing that didn't go right. But, yeah, I don't know. It's... um. I feel like at this point, it's, you know, obviously we want the Ravens to go to the playoffs and we had high hopes for this season, but just the way this team has played throughout the year with all the injuries, the disappointment's kind of been strung through the weeks. So it hasn't really, you know, it doesn't really hit you all at once as the end of a season generally would, but super disappointing end to the season. Um, It's going to really stink this coming weekend watching wildcard weekend and seeing teams like the Steelers and the Eagles who were all equally as imperfect as the Ravens were this year. And the Ravens could have, you know, feel like they, they could have been in if those teams were in. But that's where we are. And uh, just got to look forward to next year. Yeah, part of me is uh, honestly relieved. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say that, but I'm just like, I don't know. These last the last couple of weeks, just the losing streak has continued to grow and grow and grow. And just heartbreaking fashion. And just like it makes you really wish for some of these players that, you know, starting out the season that just aren't there. I feel like if Lamar's in here, if he's healthy, there's a chance that we have many wins in this losing streak, but we're not, and you have to deal with what you have. And it's just, you know, we know that we're so close if we just had a few more people, but, you know, you're just so far when they're not there. So, um, you know, I, I'm just kind of relieved to kind of be done with it and just say, okay, that's a wrap on the 2021 season. Let's go back 2022, get everybody healthy, and then we'll see where it goes. Like, I wanted to see a win. I think 9-8 and eight is a lot better than 8-9. I wanted to see Ben Roethlisberger lose one last game. But uh didn't really want to make the playoffs at this point <laughs> just because, uh, you know, if if Lamar didn't come back, it was likely just going to be a, you know, a wild card disappointment. And uh, I guess we avoid that, fortunately. But it's been a slow burn, unfortunately. And I think that's kind of the worst part of just seeing where this team was in – preseason and what we kind of had the expectations and then immediately going in you know with all the injuries to to Dobbins to Gus to Peters in that preseason was just a a very slow burn and it's finally it's like it's done and I'm, I'm happy to move on Chris I think that's natural I'm also very grateful that the Ravens lost this game in retrospect why is this wonderful well turns out like we ended the game with two corners mind you two and a corners left were like basically not on the team right like we had two i don't know if you know but usually you have like five six active two so that's good we lost bowser for the year with an achilles tear oa was still doubtful with his like mystery injury this team was like hobbled man so if they had won and the dolphins had won or uh lost rather and, you know, like, the, th- the funny part is I was still rooting for that darn tie. I thought that tie would be so great, and it looked like it was happening. And then they called the timeout and changed their mindset, and then they got, like, a couple of chunk yards on the running plays, and they decided to kick the field goal like assholes. It really made me sad. I thought it would have been so cool if they tied, just because it had been a huge, like, F you to the NFL for letting them be able to choose that fate. And uh, it also would have kept Ben out of the playoffs, which is nice. But it was really just, like, I really just wanted to tie. But nevertheless, like, even if everything worked out for us, Good God, this team was like, you thought it couldn't get worse. It found out a way. Like, McCarry was hurt. He came off. He couldn't, like, you know, finish the whole game. The team was just, like, limping. It, it felt to me like a family member who, like, you know, like, was on their last days. Like, there was there was just no way that you could, there was no amount of life support. Like, Lamar would not be enough. I really don't think so. Like, coming back, he's a special player, but I I really feel like the defense, like, the reason that they couldn't get stops in these last games is like they just don't have the playmakers there to like command stops at this point. 
I always feel like those plays are like big step up plays and there's just not a good enough coverage of playmakers on that defense to be able to step up in those moments. And that's why, you know, they're able to not or not able to finish and the other team finds a way. I just I, I really felt like at this point this this team was done and uh, it's for the best that we move on to the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree with some of the things you said there. I think with a healthy Lamar Jackson, I, this team could be in shambles, and and they had a shot. The first half of the season showed us that, but after Lamar's illness, we just saw him really just never get back on track. So uh, even if he hadn't gotten injured in Cleveland game, I think the Ravens would have won at least two of the final six, but. You know, we're talking about shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I mean, <laughs> that that's what sports is. You know, the, the the that's the reason their games aren't played on paper. Injuries are part of the game. Uh, players going through slumps is part of the game, and that's what happened with Lamar the second half of the season, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I do agree with what you're saying with the defense. Losing Marcus Peters for the entire year was huge, a huge blow to this defense. You know, you look back on it in 2019, while Lamar Jackson was a huge catalyst for this team. Marcus Peters was really the final piece uh, that the Ravens needed. His first game was against Seattle. He had an impact play there, which basically won the game for the Ravens. They got up ahead on Seattle, and then his read of Russell Wilson, um, making that interception or turning it to the house for a touchdown, basically put the game out of reach for the Seahawks. And and that win was the first really big win for the Ravens that year, and then that's when they went on that huge, huge streak. Um, Marcus Peters making a lot of plays as well in the games that came after that. So losing him was a huge critical piece to this defense. And then obviously Marlon as well uh, for the second half. You lose two of your of the best players on your defense, and then that makes it, it harder for, for Chuck Clark and you know guys like Bynes and, and, and Bowser to feel like they can play recklessly and, and take – risks, which is what you have to do uh, to try and force turnovers in those situations, make it hard for the for the opposing offense, because they aren't 100% certain they can trust the guys around them who are guys with a lot of potential, but they're not as experienced. Um, you know, they can't trust that they're going to be in their spots. And I think that's what we saw with this team going forward in these past six games, a lot of questions from the fan base of, you know, should the Ravens have run this play in this situation? Should they have done this strategy on defense? But I think when you look at it, it's like we're saying, the biggest difference between the guys who are starters in the NFL and the guys who are fringe guys um, is consistency. All these guys can play football, obviously. They wouldn't have gotten to this level if they weren't freakish athletes with, you know, incredible skill. But when you're talking about these guys who aren't starters, they're they're going to make plays at times, and we saw that, but they're not going to have the consistency that you're seeing from these other guys and the ability to for them to be put in all these different assignments that's going to give you the ability to do all these different looks on defense and and trust your guys to be able to recover if, say, a blitz uh, scheme doesn't work. And that's just a difference. Uh, not to go too long, but we saw that on one of the late plays in this game. A very critical play in this game. Fourth quarter, 5.57 on the clock. Third down and nine for the Steelers. The Ravens uh, run a nickel blitz. I believe it was Seymour running the blitz. And then uh, Westry had to pick up uh, McLeod, who was Seymour's man. Uh, so they swapped off there. And Westry just didn't get in good position there. It was just him and McLeod, and that was a play that was easy for Roethlisberger to pick up. If you had the guys healthy who you're expecting, you know, that's probably, well, that's probably Tavon on the blitz there, and, and you know, maybe that's Deshaun Elliott or, or Marlon picking up the receiver there. You feel a lot better with that personnel running it, but with those guys there, I mean, that play is going to succeed less often than with the vets. So, I mean, yeah, this team fought. I mean, you got to give them credit, but just... At the end of the day, there was just so many injuries that just made the chances of them being able to salvage this season extremely bleak. That's an interesting core point you kind of brought up there, Peter, um, of kind of having guys not as experienced enough and maybe not as um, 
you know, prepared enough from like a film study and sort of repetition standpoint. One of the realizations I kind of had after the game was that I felt, you know, it's just, especially the loss against the Steelers, because I mean, honestly, I, I think you look at it, both the Ravens and the Steelers, this game were just, I mean, offenses were just atrocious, in my opinion. I mean, you could say their defenses were a little bit better. I think the Steelers' defense is still a little bit suspect just because of the the gashes that they had on uh, those inside runs with Latavius Murray. But I think the offenses in particular were just just so bad and so limited in what they can do. The Steelers kept trying to establish the run. didn't work. I mean, you look at the rushing stats for Najee and Benny Snell. I mean, you're under two yards a carry. That's awful. That is just really, really bad. Um, but they kept trying to establish the run because, you know, there's it's it's not like Ben can throw it like he did in 2015. Um, you know when you know you had the, the killer bees, right? And it's I feel like it was kind of disappointing, especially on a lot of those pass plays because, I mean, clearly I think we have guys who are athletic who can make plays. I mean, you can, you know, close the gap quickly, force a pass deflection or something, but they ended up in many of these spots where they have to read and react. They can't make the play, you know, and, and it's it's probably, you know, I'd, I'd have to guess that it's kind of related to what you're talking about in that there's not that much separating the top guys and uh, some of these fringe guys from a, like a physical standpoint, right? They're all clearly athletes, like, you know, they're conditioned for this. It's not like you have guys like throwing up on the field because they can't <laughs> physically go out there and play. They can play, but it's all like, you know, it's the mental aspect. It's the, you know, preparation. It's the, you know, get, getting the guys with repetition, seeing things, seeing how offenses run and being able to react without even thinking, right? It's, it's that, it's really kind of the key separator between those. And, you know, all that being said, just it is frustrating because Steelers' offense, in my opinion, was not anything special, right? It was just we didn't have the guys to be able to to make those key plays, and fortunately, they just they made enough of them this game, and the Ravens didn't. And you know, it's it's all the more frustrating because you know, is like you know, you get a few of those guys back, and like these become easy wins, and unfortunately, it just it wasn't. The other disappointing thing about how this season ended and this game in particular is I think a great example of it is it's really hard to look at the players on this team and really make too many judgments about what this team's going to look like in the future whose whose performance should really be taken into strong consideration I mean I think obviously a guy like Mark Andrews like we know that he has arrived as an all-pro at his position in the NFL. Um, it didn't matter what quarterback was throwing to him in the second half of the season. He was going out there and, and he was becoming a, a constant that you expected like, like Cooper cup was this season or, or Devonte Adams. Like that's how good this guy was, but a guy who's really taken a hit over the past couple of weeks um, with this fan base is a guy like Hollywood Brown. And, you know, there's a fair debate there of whether or not he deserves it. On one hand, with Tyler Huntley, this was on full display in the game yesterday. It's clear that he has a limitation at the NFL level at this point with throwing the deep ball. And that's where Marquise is going to make the majority of his splash plays is on passes, you know, that are traveling over 20 yards in the air. Uh, especially down the middle. Um, he's a little better throwing to the sidelines. He had that play to, to Watkins against Chicago. Uh, should have had had a decently long, I believe it was around 30-yard completion to, to Brown at the end of regulation. But while the throw was there, unfortunately, well, I should say the throw was accurate. It was a little late, um, which gave time for the defender to come in and knock it away from, from Hollywood. Debatable whether he should have been able to catch that one. But yeah, he, he dropped a, a pass right in his hands uh, in the end zone at the end of the first half, um, which, you know, that, that play right there could have been the difference. A touchdown there would have obviously been huge as opposed to field goal as to what they had to settle with. So, but when we saw him with Lamar Jackson earlier this year, I mean, he was playing out of his mind. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. So that's just one example of showing how when your roster is depleted on both offense and defense, it's kind of hard to make judgments on some of these guys who maybe didn't have as good a season as we're accustomed to because they were having to learn how to, how to adjust their games to play with guys who they're 
they weren't expecting that they were going to have to play with at the beginning of the season. And it's not like they were just playing with one or two guys who were down on both sides of the ball. I think the Ravens ended with like at least half the expected starters not playing in that season finale. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll go through in a future episode and, and talk through kind of, you know, our, our retrospective in terms of, you know, what players we think uh, really had their stock rise, which ones kind of fell and, you know, who, who might we want to bring back and, uh, all those questions, we'll definitely address those in a future episode. I, I, I think in, in terms of this game, though, um, a couple guys I kind of want to throw out, at least on the defensive side, that I felt performed pretty well this game. I thought Patrick Queen had a pretty strong game. That one tackle for loss that he just uh, completely burst through the line. Um, I guess it technically wasn't his tackle for loss, but he definitely made that play. He was the first guy there. And I think Bowser and uh, was able to clean that play up fantastic play of anticipation just played very well I think he was also very involved kind of sideline to sideline of within coverage did fairly well I think the only negative play that I can remember uh, which is kind of a big deal was that uh, run that Najee had in overtime uh, where Queen was was close and and kind of in position I guess to be able to make the tackle and Najee just put a nice uh, stiff arm on him and let him get upfield a little bit although I will note Stevens also missed missed another tackle as well and I think he was able to kind of get to the sideline so not a great one but overall I thought he had a fairly good game in my opinion Uh, Geno Stone as well I think performed pretty well obviously he had that interception with Ben at the before the half um, which is great <laughs> it's funny and I knew immediately when he threw it I was like that's just bad decision Ben bad decision Ben like Gino's got plenty of time to be able to make that fortunately he's got better hands than Brandon Stevens uh it was able to make that play that was really nice a couple of guys really I, I don't know if anybody in particular kind of stood out for you guys but um rush defense is continuing to look amazing I mean they just looked um, gosh, I mean, we're almost looking at like <laughs> the 2000s Ravens level of uh, rush defense right here against the Steelers. Um, you know, plenty of guys playing really well. I mean, Matabuke, Houston, uh, Washington, Campbell, Williams. Like, I mean, it, it looked like a, a, a absolutely amazing run defense. So I think, uh, you know, depending on who comes back next year on the defensive line, I mean, I think that there are some definitely some pieces there. I think the Ravens are going to have to make hard decisions on who to bring back out of uh, Campbell and Williams and, and Wolf. But, um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to kind of be proud of there and a lot that can be built on. Yeah, I definitely felt like Houston had a pretty good game. There was a couple times that he got tackles for loss in the run game. And another big reason for the run stuffs was uh, Brandon Williams, who kind of, he graded himself as a as a pretty good year. He acknowledged that he had a little bit worse play in the middle there when he was injured. But I uh, felt like he came back strong and kind of delivered. And I agree. And I think he had a good game there. And another um, person to point out would be uh, Josh Bynes, who, uh, again, was mostly in on um, run defense for this kind of uh, discussion. But he did make a couple plays in space to slow down pass catchers. So, you know, these uh, vet guys on the team, actually all three of the ones I just mentioned, don't have contracts going into the new year, right? They were kind of some of the big standouts on defense. And um, I don't want to get into season recap territory, but whilst Chuck Clark says, like, see how they bounce back next year, only 30 of them currently can. Uh, You know, there's like 20 people that are uh, unrestricted free agents. A lot of this team will need to be re-signed in order for it to look the same. And uh, there's already several players where it looks like the writing's on the wall, they're not going to be back. So unfortunately this team as it is constituted today will not get that opportunity to fully run it back. But uh, you know, a nucleus might for sure. Yeah. For next year and really for this game, I think one thing you, you do look at this and, and say, okay, so the Ravens didn't win this game. They don't make the playoffs. They don't even finish with a, a winning record for the season, but a positive that they can take away is that, this team fought till the final the the final seconds were on the clock this was a hard fought game and despite the fact that there were mistakes on offense and defense um there was at no point that the team quit and whatever nucleus of players is here i believe is going to take that mentality forward play like a raven i mean it's i know it's it's a, it's a slogan but the under harball this team has continued to come out and fight year in and year out and like we said, you know, I think one other guy we need to talk about, unfortunately, he's going to be going through 
surgery and rehab is Tyus Bowser. He also played an incredible game on defense, um, set the run really well, was there on sometimes a rush bend in the pocket. And I think that the defense did take a, a hit in their performance when he was out because he was all over the field on Sunday. So that was unfortunate that the Ravens did get an injury in a game that ended up being meaningless. But great game from Bowser uh, to cap off a great season. Hopefully he can come back by week one and, and be his, his normal self. Yeah, that loss just stings, man. Just <sighs> so close game, to making it out. Yeah, the game didn't need to even be played, man. Nothing changed, you know? <laughs> it's like, just yeah. like, it's so it's so sad that that effort was for nothing, right? As far as the game was concerned, he could have just sat. Um, it wouldn't have made a difference, and he would have saved his Achilles. So, obviously, I know you can't, like, actually really play that game with injuries, but it just it just stinks. Yeah, I feel like I'm just, like, numb to the pain at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that would feel worse if it was, like, midseason, but because, like, there's no more games to be played, and if his rehab goes well, he might be, able, you know, available by the start of the season. But, like, yeah, it just, just stinks, man. Was there anything else we want to talk about on defense or do we want to like switch over to the offense yeah it's just an, another game where one side of the ball played well enough for the team to win and then just wasn't the case at the end yep the defense only allowed you know 13 points in the regular game you know an extra field goal at the uh overtime once again i feel like a broken record i, I really wanted to, i honestly was gonna suggest this to you guys that we create a podcast completely out of clips from previous podcasts discuss this game and it'd be pretty doable <laughs> um <laughs> like as long as you don't have to call out specifics of players <laughs> but like performances scenarios etc um yeah i mean just the offense should have been able to score more points than 13 points uh that had been a reasonable request and then you know the defense's good effort was you know awarded with a win but instead let's talk about how Tyler Huntley like has regressed, you know, like I think people got a little uh, drunk with Huntley uh, season when he was going toe to toe with the Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer, I guess, in Aaron Rodgers. And uh, this has definitely settled down. He was a great play in DFS that week and not so much the rest of the weeks. And you just have very costly errors for the Ravens, one in the red zone that was Big sad, but other ones deep in our territory that resulted in really good field position uh, and easy execution for the Steelers. So the offense is really the reason a lot of these points were scored. It's just super sad. Yeah, and I'll take that actually because I know uh, I was pretty high on Huntley, I think, after that game saying that he was uh, better than Tyrod Taylor, I think, at that point as a Raven. I feel like after a couple of games now, I feel like solidly, I think, in that tier of player of you know, might do fine in a couple of backup games. And I think Taylor, I mean, went on to have a pretty good career as a journeyman quarterback in, in a couple of different spots. Um, I think he clearly uh, played better than he did as a Raven. But I feel like Huntley's now in that conversation of, you know, he, he can play well in a certain system and, you know, under certain situations, but definite drawbacks. And I feel like the deep ball was one of them that we knew and we thought, okay, we can kind of get around it. Red zone offense, in my opinion, is definitely another weakness of his. Of just the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've I've kind of come to this realization of like the Ravens need a big play uh, outside of the red zone in order to score because as soon as they get into the red zone, it's like you know I I don't have any confidence in them to be able to actually convert it. Um, when Lamar's in, obviously anything's possible, and like I have no doubt that Lamar is going to be able to score a touchdown. But at this game, I think when Huntley, whenever he went into the red zone, it was like, you know, we need a miracle almost to be able to get it, and it didn't matter. You know, running a play, we don't have any running backs uh, to be able to punch it in. You know, Murray is is not an Edwards. This game, he was actually almost the opposite of Edwards and was a racehorse, kind of sprinting toward the end zone. It got a lot of yards uh, in the middle of the field, but. He and Devonta Freeman just like not consistently uh, red zone monsters, uh, goal line monsters. Uh, that, that's just that's not where they are in this point in their careers. And you know we ran a few running plays and didn't really do a whole lot. And then you try to put the ball in Tyler Huntley's hands and just wasn't able to convert. I mean a couple of uh, you know throws. You know the one to Hollywood. Yeah, maybe you might have should have caught that one. I I feel like I don't put 
that on him that much, to be honest. But I mean, that throw to to Andrews that was intercepted, I mean, that was just that was a terrible decision. I mean, you saw like five Steelers around that ball. There's no reason to force it to Andrews on that play. Uh you had Bateman open along the uh the left sideline. He might have been able to make a play and, and do that. I wasn't able to see the the right side. I'm sure somebody else was open. Yeah, when there's five people on Andrews, you would think. Yeah, <laughs> just man. Numbers, just like, like... <laughs> yeah, it's just it's I mean, I don't know. A lot of people are gonna blame Roman for it as I think Ravens fans are, are want to do is just blame Roman for every single thing. But like I don't know. We I feel like we we've seen enough from Huntley now. It's just like I, I think it's it's definitely a clear limitation in his game and some of his decision making and yeah, I mean, you might be able to help him out with a couple of better plays, but to be honest, like it's just an overall offense thing and you know, it's um I don't know. The good news I guess for me is that if we're talking about like, you know, how do we evaluate players for next year? Like is this going to be a problem for next year? In my opinion, I don't it's not going to be a problem next year because Lamar Jackson's going to be a quarterback and Lamar is amazing in the red zone. So I don't put that much stock into it long term. I, I don't think it'll be as big of a problem next year. Um, and we have Edwards and Dobbins back. So it's, you know, you now have that threat of a run game to be able to to do that. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not super worried about it long term. But, I mean, if we're talking about this six-game losing streak, I, I think it's a big part of, of why we've, we've lost this many games is that the Ravens can get it down into the red zone and they just can't punch it in. And you can't settle for field goals especially in close games like this. So, Once again, we see what field goals get you. You know, all the Justin Tucker lovers out there, once again, you know, you got your field goals. You didn't get aggression in these situations, and uh, you were rewarded with yet another loss. So congratulations. Um, <laughs> you know, it it's one of those things, man, where you can't – we never were happy getting field goals. You remember how many times – like, let's go back to 2000, right, when – Stover was carrying the dang team. No one was happy about that, right? Like, field goals are a failure. They're a nice consolation prize. You need touchdowns. And when you're just constantly getting that close to pay dirt and you don't get it, like, yeah. it's just maddening. Especially, yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's one thing if Tucker makes a 50-yard field goal. That's great. Like, we have a weapon to be able to, we have options when you're that far out to be able to kick the field goal for guaranteed points or go for it on fourth down if we have confidence in the offense, right? That flexibility is really nice to have. But if you're getting down inside the red zone, you're going to make a chip shot field goal under 30 yards. You got to punch it in, right? You're, you're 10 yards from, from the goal line. Like, you got to have some options there. Yeah. And just, you know, the fact that you don't, you can't run it, you can't pass it come on <laughs> like what are you gonna do i want to talk about this, this is, i just had this thought while recording with you all so it's fresh not on the notes but i think maybe one of the reasons there's frustration with roman is that we all know that roman is a a running genius right i don't think anyone's trying to take that away from him he is a run game coordinator of like great excellence in the league but unfortunately the weapons he had with the run game weren't quite there and his creativity is a little lacking in the place where the Ravens had the most skill this year, which was with pass catchers. And um, it makes you have to think with everyone that wants to fire Greg Roman that if given the actual tools that he expected um, and is conceivably going to have going into next year, that he could probably orchestrate an incredible offense, right? So... I, I want everyone, I'm not saying that Roman should stay. I really like am quite indifferent about it at this point. But do think about the personnel that will be here next year and Roman's strengths, because I don't know if it's fair to judge a man for being dealt this hand and not, you know, getting the jackpot. <laughs> I personally think he should have been better. Because there were things that I felt like as a fan base we were seeing, right? <laughs> and and identifying that was not being worked in. But obviously we're not in the building, so you got to remember that too. You think that there's enough smart heads there that something would have switched. But the fire Greg Room thing is, again, I'm not for or against essentially. I'm not, I'm not trying to play both sides. I'm just like legitimately completely indifferent. If they told me that they fired him, I would not be excited or upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so 
one of the things has been evident from us actually being at the games these past two, for me at least, because um, the first two I'd been in since uh, the pandemic. I do think the play calling that we've seen from Roman from a passing perspective uh, was improved this year. And there were several plays, especially in the Rams game, um, not as much in, in yesterday's game because I think the Steelers uh, played the concepts that the Ravens were uh, had on the field better than the Rams did, which is expected. You know, the Raven, Steelers see the Ravens twice a year. They know the Ravens inside and out, just like the Ravens know the Steelers inside and out. You know, we're seeing several plays where they're good concepts and you're getting receivers open, but with Huntley, and this was a, this was something that was beneficial to the Ravens' offense when Huntley started and the game film wasn't out there on him, but became a hindrance uh, in these last two games. Um, he's very quick to his first read, whether or not the guy is necessarily open, especially if it's Mark Andrews. And the downside to that is that he wasn't going through his progressions and seeing if, you know, he had say Hollywood open deep or Rashad Bateman, Chris mentioned him earlier. He was open, um, or at least seemed to be open on the interception to Andrews in the end zone. Um, and, and Bateman consistently was, was open on a, on a lot of plays, but he was just probably the third or fourth read on the play and Huntley just never got it, it to him. Y- you know, there, there's a balance that we as fans don't know, um, there's a balance there between how much of it is, uh, you know, should be laid on Greg Roman's feet and how much of it should be laid on the feet of the of the players who are, you know, don't have as much experience and film knowledge as we were talking about at the top of the show. And that's a tough one. But, you know, again, this is probably getting more into what we'll talk about uh, in later episodes when we look at the season as a whole Going forward, I think the Ravens do need to realize um, how the passing offense... I mean, the first half of the season, we saw a passing offense that was explosive and consistent like nothing we've ever seen from the Ravens uh, outside of maybe the three-game stretch, four-game postseason stretch in, in 2012 with Flacco. And a lot of fans were happy to see that, and it, it got high reviews at the time, if I remember correctly. But... Then as injuries crept in, Lamar Jackson's missing games. The offense is a lot, you know, more hit and miss. You know, it's just something that they'll have to look at and and say, look at that and say, will the offense be like Alec is saying? Will it be that explosive again when you have all the pieces back, or is it something that uh, the defense is caught on to what was doing? It didn't matter what personnel was back there; they knew the concepts. And we're just using the injuries as a red herring. Um, like Alec, I'm not saying which of those two is right. No, I think we'll look at that <laughs> in the offseason. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the the easy answer is it's complicated. <laughs> and we'll see what the Ravens end up doing with it. But in this game, unfortunately, there was just too much tape out on Huntley. And, and I don't even think it was aggression, regression by Huntley. I think Huntley was the same quarterback all four games it just came down to defenses figured out what he could do they took that away and and then at that point the coaches can't just you know pause put Huntley in like a time machine uh, and have him do three years of training to get you know to get those kinks in his game worked out you got to you do what your player can do and if your player at this stage in his career can't make the adjustments that quickly um, you know, that's a lot to ask for for an undrafted guy uh, who's in his first starting NFL action. Of course, he's a pro, but it's a lot to ask for. So, I mean, I think that's a tough card that the Ravens had right there in front of them was you are putting your playoff hopes, this season's hopes, on this guy who doesn't have a ton of experience and has some physical limitations but has upside. Uh, so, they went with him over Josh Johnson, who... It probably has a higher football IQ at this point in his career, but does not have the the physical advantages that Huntley has right now. So I don't know. It it I personally I think that Greg Roman, while not perfect yesterday, called a game that the offense, you know, if executed properly, would have led to a win. But um, unfortunately, due to some turnovers and and some miscues by certain members of the personnel. Uh, that's just not what happened, and 
that part's outside of the coaching staff's control. They can draw up a great scheme. They can tell the players what to do. But if there's failed execution, that that's outside of their control. One really bad habit I felt like in this game happened more so than a lot of the games in this losing streak is that it felt like for every positive play, there would be the immediate next play would be a negative play to kind of bring them, put the Ravens back in trouble again. Um, if I recall, I think, you know, it was that big run by Freeman uh, at one point, And then the next play was like an outside stretch run. And then we lose five yards. Um, and then we hit Hollywood Brown on uh, like a 12 yard completion or something to set up a third and four, which was, that was like one of the lucky sequences basically. Um, but there are plenty of other ones where it was like big positive play, lose five yards in completion. Now you're in third and long. So uh, there were just way too many of those. It was a little sloppy. I, I don't know if the Steelers were expecting some of those plays or not, but it just a really, really poor execution of just games like this. You really need to kind of continue drives and end in touchdowns. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the goal every game, right? Just continue drives, take time off the clock and score touchdowns. That was the, the MO for the 2019 Ravens offense. And they did that amazingly up until the postseason. And, you know, it's, well, the last couple of games, especially this one, I just, I feel like it was kind of the story of, of this game. It's just the offense could not string enough plays together. And when they did, they couldn't score touchdowns. I mean, that's how you end up with 13 points is, I mean, the only touchdown in this game was a, honestly, like a fluke run by Latavius Murray, where the Steelers just decided they weren't going to play an inside, uh, an ISO play at all. They weren't going to put any safeties in the middle of the field. And he ran right between everybody for a touchdown. Almost did it twice. I wish he would have done it twice because then it would have won the game for us. I don't think the Steelers offense would have been able to uh, come back from that. But I mean, yeah, there's just one, one drive. The other, you know, however many drives that the Ravens had, uh, I think two of them were red zone trips. Just, couldn't come away with anything. It was super frustrating. Um, it's something that I really hope that the the coaches look at and see. You know, okay, was it was it personnel? Was it play calling? You know, what can we do next year to be able to to not put ourselves in that situation? I feel like I've called the last couple of weeks to just the Ravens need another red zone target. You know, they need another weapon. They don't have any running backs this year that they really believe in. I, I do think that when Dobbins and Edwards come back, I think they are options in the red zone. But honestly, I think we need another passing option. I don't I don't really know why we haven't, um, you know, really explored Bateman in that role yet. I think, you know, he could be an interesting option there. But even if it's not him, I, I think there needs to be someone else, um, especially for situations like that where Andrews is covered and, and Hollywood's covered you got to have somebody else make me make a play. And I'm curious what we're going to come up with next year to be able to fill that void. Yeah. I mean, just another kind of piece of this game that probably will never matter again was that for whatever reason, Greg Roman loved, you know, his heavy packages in this game. Tomlinson with 52% of the snaps, Oliver with 27% of the snaps, Oliver out snapped Devin Duvernay on offense. I don't really understand why that was the case. I feel like we all agree that Oliver is not good as good of a player as Duvernay. And I truly do think when you're in a situation where the offense isn't working, your best bet is to put the best, most gifted players on the field. And you know what? One of their best, most gifted players was even active. Yet again, Prochet inactive. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. There's been a lot of discourse about Sammy Watkins and how he plays the outside receiver role. And uh, you know what? I'm tired of that crap, okay? Like, yes, he has happened to line up on the outside. This is correct. But you know what? Prochet is five foot 11, 200 pounds, just like Odell Beckham Jr. And guess what? He can run all the darn routes in the route tree. You know what? You can line him up outside, and he could be successful. I swear to you. I promise. I am so confident it would be fine. Just because they haven't used him there doesn't mean he can't do it. Like, <laughs> it just means he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just it just kills me. It absolutely kills me. I think it's a very bad take. It's not watching the film. Like, <laughs> it just like, I, I, 
I don't know. I had to get that out. It was very frustrating to me. Like, it's not just as a pro shade truther. It's just like, Sammy Watkins will not be on this team next year. He will not. <laughs> Why is pro shade inactive? It just, it makes no sense. He got targeted once yet again. Congratulations, Sammy. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I do think that is, I feel like that is like kind of a fair point to, to kind of like the fire Greg Roman discussion is, you know, we've known that the clear limitation of this game was just not having, not having running backs and just everybody that came in, came in uh, once the season had started and it was kind of a patchwork running back core. And we've known for the whole season, our strength is in our receiving core, especially the last couple of weeks, you know, as, uh, as Bateman has ascended and, and Hollywood kind of kept getting better and better. And, you know, being able to take advantage of those weapons to the best of our ability and and kind of mask the the other sections. Like, they're they're spurts, but it's not it's not like we became this West Coast offense where the short passing game sort of opened up the running game. I don't necessarily think that ever happened. I still think we tried to kind of establish the run game, whether it was successful or not. We tried to lean on it a little bit. Um, so I mean, I, I think it's a fair point, Alec. Of if Roman were to come back, is are we going to see kind of the same of what we did now? Or are we going to see an expanded passing game? Or you know, if if Keith Williams or T. Martin, if one of those guys were to take over, speculate. I mean, it, it could be anybody on the staff at this point to take over. Any one of those guys, are they going to put more of an emphasis on this passing game and try to find other ways to get Duvernay and and, and Prochet involved? Because um, yeah, I mean, we clearly know that they can. You know, they could step up in certain situations um, and they could be relied upon for some things. But uh, it's definitely curious that uh, that, that Prochet and, and some of the other guys just really haven't gotten to see that many actions. I mean, hell, I mean, even like last couple of games too, it's just with, I mean, with Hollywood, with Bateman, with everybody except Mark Andrews, basically. It's like you have certain drives where those guys are targeted frequently and then they just disappear, right? I mean, Bateman, it was like the first drive of the game was just play after play was making catches and then gone it's a little strange like i don't know what the cause for that is but you know i'd have to think it's kind of related of just you know we can't find consistent ways to get some of these guys involved you know it's a little head scratching yeah well i i will give a counterpoint to um the decision for the ravens to go more heavy in that game um i mean first off the weather's not very good so I, I wouldn't be shocked if the coaching staff was expecting that Huntley would struggle to pass the ball, which he did in the game. And you're going up a Steelers defense that is worst in the league against the rush. And, I mean, the Ravens did rush the ball 36 times for 249 yards. Probably the best game that they had rushing the ball before that. I didn't look at all the numbers, but I do know they had a good success against the Chargers. 38 attempts for 187 yards in that game. So, and they didn't even have to pull that much in overtime. So, that's not really even uh, inflated by the extension of the game terribly much. I, I understand what you guys are saying, but, and should Prochet have been active over Watkins? Probably, especially considering that Watkins' um, only target in the game was basically what killed the drive in overtime. Just it, looked from my perspective just to be a poor a poor route run by Watkins and the pass was was not accurate because of that um not sure if that's a, for sure what happened but that's just what it looked like to me but yeah I mean I I think that the offensive strategy to go heavy and and run the ball against the Steelers I mean it worked Latavius Murray had 150 yards rushing if you told me going into the game that Latavius Murray would have 150 yards rushing I would be like wow the Ravens won by three scores that's incredible <laughs> I just um it's just yeah I don't I don't know I, I think that with this game in particular I, I I think that the game plan was done well for the opponent and the weather and he was starting a quarterback um but it just wasn't a day where the Ravens were going to have much success passing the ball. I mean, even when, even when Lamar was there against the Steelers earlier this season, I mean, he struggled. And we were talking about in that game how we were surprised that the running backs actually had a lot of success in that game and wondering why the Ravens didn't, didn't try and run the ball a little more because they were having good success there. Uh, 
you know, Devontae Freeman had 52 yards on 14, 14 carries. Uh, Jackson himself, 55 yards on eight carries. Um, but I mean, I, I get what you guys are saying from a from a season perspective, but I do think that that in, in just in the context of this game, the strategy was good for the matchup. You really got us there by bringing up our takes from the previous game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm I'm the one here who just tries to make sure we're consistent as much as possible. No, you're no, you're abs- no, you're absolutely right. No, I think you said it best. I think maybe Alec and I are focusing more on the season recap yeah. versus the game recap. Right? I think yeah, you're absolutely right. Which is, it's so hard to balance that in between. I feel like we've kind of um, waffled in between both because it's just, it's just so hard to just focus on this one game, like we were saying before, because we want to, we want to jump to the off season. We want to jump, you know, especially with the three of us being engineers, we want to be like, how can we fix this? What, what are the things that, you know, need to be retooled? What, what needs to stay, but just, you know, need some better luck than last, you know, what needs to be fixed and what's not broken, you know, identifying that, but yeah, we haven't had to do this before. This is the first time we've had to do a, a end of last final game season recap when it's the regular season and, and not the playoffs. It's a it's a big sad, very big sad, very big sad. <laughs> I don't know if there's much more to talk about about this game in particular. <laughs> Should we save our the rest of our takes for the end of the season uh, show and just wrap up with uh, some a fond farewell? Yeah, I guess. The only other thing that I, I thought we should do is just like, you know, obviously we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of it in the future, but just, um, you know, in three sentences or less, how do we feel about the season right at this moment, a little over 24 hours after it ended? I, I have an I have analogy to make. Okay. I feel like the 2021 Ravens season was similar to the year 2020 for everybody with the pandemic. It was kind of a stolen year. It happened. But it wasn't what we all thought it would be going into it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think I remember telling you, Alec, uh, this definitely felt like uh, 2020 for the 49ers, right? Uh, They made the Super Bowl in 2019, uh, ended up losing that game. And then in 2020, had a ton of injuries. And I believe they missed the playoffs. I think it's a clear parallel here of just, you know, the Ravens had high expectations. They had Super Bowl expectations going into the season and just couldn't make it. Yeah, so it, it, it feels bad from that. It's definitely what could have been, what should have been. So that's going to suck. Um, in some cases, I think the offseason might end up turning out to be similar to uh, you know the 2010-2011 offseason where a lot of vets are going to be gone. Um, I'm sure Eric DaCosta and the coaching staff are going to have some hard decisions to make, and we're not going to like all of them, but I think they're, they're going to have to happen if we want this team to be successful long term. So it, it stinks from, um, you know, from a player perspective. It's just a lot of guys who really like, um, who had a lot of respect for and just love watching that aren't going to be here next year, and that sucks. But uh, hey, look, on the bright side, like, you know, the I, I'm sure John Harbaugh is, is going to tell this to all of his guys, look, uh, Ravens finish 8-9. and nine. Because of the wild year in our division, we're in fourth place, which is crazy. Uh, but we're only two games from first place, two and a half, basically. That's how close all these teams are this year. That's just insane. I've never seen anything like that before. So, yeah, they're in last place in the division, and that sucks. Uh, which, you know, it means that they're going to have uh, hopefully an easy schedule next year. Uh, but on the you know on the other hand, like they're really not that far from the playoff. The teams that ended up going to the playoffs and the division. So, you know, it's it's not all doom and gloom. It's, you know, don't think that this is going to continue long term. It's there's a there's a good chance that this could turn around pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys put it well. Um, it just kind of feels like, you know, this team fought the guys who were able to play. But we're always just going to wonder what this roster could have looked like, what they could have done if um, if the injuries were even just, you know, just a quarter of of what ended up being so i think we should go and find was it 2020 2021 madden and then just roll back to like right before week one and then take that roster and then compare what's the overall of the ravens roster compared to the rest of the league i guarantee you it's at least a 90 it's amazing it's probably like the best team you're ever going to play with like that like that's 
that's what this that's what this is. Usually it's a Super Bowl winning team that has the best overall at the end of the season. It's going to be the Ravens if you dial it back all the way to week 1. Or if you just turn off injuries at the end of the season, then I think the Ravens roster is like one of the top top 2, top 3. I agree with that. <laughs> God, it's a shame, guys. Why can't the game be more like Madden? If it was, you'd never have to deal with Greg Roman, right? You always use the ass Madden plays, and you score touchdowns on every single play. That's Boom. how it works, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that was sarcasm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, man. It's just been too painful, man. Too painful for sarcasm at this point. I guess we'll wrap it up. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to Ravens Recap. We really appreciate it talking to you all every single week, twice a week during this season. And uh, we aren't going anywhere, really. We're going to come back with a season overlook and uh, you know episodes of the offseason about next steps for the team, free agency, the draft. I think the only thing you can expect from us is... We won't be doing any mock drafts, uh, you know, moments after the game or this week or next week. Like, let's let them finish playing. Let's, like, actually get all the information we need and then never, ever do a draft because they never are right anyways. <laughs> let's just hear some talent that we're interested in. How about that? Like, I don't know. Personally, I don't have any interest in a mock draft, but, <laughs> you know, whatever you guys want to do to, to make the time pass, uh, that, that's all you guys. We'll be here just to, you know, figure out where we should probably go and let the professionals handle the actual uh, <laughs> mock drafting but uh yeah we'll be back probably next week i don't know we'll discuss about the season overview i think to me i actually really want to hear when harbs's last presser will be which i don't know if it's been announced yet so probably sometime after that and then we'll just be back with more and more content appreciate you guys follow us on twitter ravens underscore recap where i do understand there's going to be one more poll this friday and uh you can also email us feedback at ravensrecap.com. See you soon. <laughs>